Hi, and welcome back to The Real Postpartum Experience, a podcast featuring raw, unfiltered postpartum experiences told by real people, and I'm your host, Rosie Gibbs. Today I have with me Christina. She's a fellow labor and delivery nurse and mom to four girls. Just want to let you guys know that if loss is triggering to you, know that we do talk about loss of a baby at 17 weeks on this episode. So Christina, welcome. Hello, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm glad that you wanted to be a guest on my podcast. So let's dive right in. You had your first baby when you were 17 years old? I did, yes. And at that time in your life, where where were you in your headspace? Were you, what were you thinking about having a baby? Um, well, I was thinking, I'm a high schooler. I was a cheerleader. I wasn't expecting to be pregnant at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out I was pregnant and it was, there was a lot of denial at first. Like, is this really happening? What does this mean for my life? Um, you know, my parents were pretty mad at first, mm-hmm. but then were supportive. Um, and without them, my headspace would have been a lot different. Um, so once they were kind of on board with, we're going to have this baby, I was living with them, you know, they let me stay there and mm-hmm. help support me. Um, the father, of the baby was not involved. Uh, so it was just me and her and, you know, now I see she really saved my headspace because mm-hmm. I was I was partying in high school and I think it would have my life would have had a much different trajectory if I hadn't have had her. Gotcha. Um, so after I had her and kind of realized that I was like, you saved me, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and she was mine. Mm-hmm. So I did battle with some depression after. I lost a lot of friends when I got pregnant in high school um, just because I couldn't go out and do the things that they were doing, Yeah, go to prom, all that stuff. So there was a lot of depression and loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, I was adopted, and so my mom never had a baby. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have really that person to say, this is normal or right. this is abnormal. Right. So I was just trying to navigate it by myself. That's so hard. It was. It was pretty isolating for mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. And so then you had your second when you were married, mm-hmm. a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, having a stable partner, did that provide more support that you maybe wish you would have had when you were younger? It did, but it was really hard to share mm. because I was used <laughs> to being yeah. the only yeah. one with the baby. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> so I... Had a little bit of um, sharing problems. Like, this is mine. <laughs> yes. And, and he would be like, you know, getting up in the middle of the night or I can take her. I can let you yeah. sleep. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. But it was amazing. Yeah. It was so good. Um, my postpartum depression with my second was much better. More manageable. More manageable. Mm-hmm. I still had it. Mm-hmm. Um, was on meds for it. Okay. Was seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. So I had a much better support system with my second. When you were going to therapy, were you going like once a week, once every couple weeks? I think it was once a week at that point. Yeah. Um, and then as time went on, I'd go every couple weeks. Nice. But um, yeah, it was good to have the support in the home, but mm-hmm. then to find support outside of the mm-hmm. home as well. For someone to, you know, say that your feelings are validated. And right. Like, this is normal and mm-hmm. it's okay to 
feel these feelings because you just had another major life change. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's good. And it was also different because it was his first. Right, right. So he's going through all these firsts. I'm going through all these seconds. Yeah. You know, it was... It was beautiful, but it was just different. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Different experiences. And did you breastfeed your girls? I did. You did. For three or four months. And then breastfeeding was never easy for me. Never. You know, in the beginning it would be okay, but then my nipples were hurt or, Mm -hmm. you know, baby wouldn't latch right or just the pain that I experienced was a lot. Mm. So it was, yeah, probably three or four months with both of them. Hey, that's three or four months that you did it. Yeah, I tried. (laughs) Yeah. And so with your first um, vaginal delivery, Mm -hmm. all of them? Yeah. Okay. So at 17, Mm -hmm. (laughs) having that happen and like knowing the, did you know how your body was going to change and all the bleeding and all of that that was going to happen? No. No. I had no idea. So you learned a lot. I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and my midwife that I had at that time was phenomenal. Mm. And I still, I hold her so dear to my heart. And, (laughs) you know, she would talk about me. She said, she's like, you know, I had this 17 year old and she went to nursing school and she did Mm -hmm. all this stuff Mm -hmm. and you can do it too. And I just... She was great, and she just looked at me and was like, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Oh. And I just, like, kept that with me on the hard days that or when I was scared okay. and didn't know what mm-hmm. was going on. She told me it was going to be okay, so it's going to be okay. <laughs> oh. So I went back to that a lot um, because with all the new changes that were going on, it was just terrifying. Yeah. And so I just said, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So, yeah, and, it and- was – I didn't really have – people to ask questions to is this normal I remember calling the doctor about my first I just had like some scary question they're like oh it's totally normal but like like, to you it was like oh gosh I thought did I do something wrong like what's happening you know they're like oh honey it's fine yeah I was like okay so yeah it was a big learning curve you needed some reassurance at times Mm -hmm. for things that you weren't sure about I did yeah so then with your second you knew like more body changes Mm -hmm. all the things that were gonna happen after so you're like okay I got this I got this and then you had your support so that's good yeah um and then your third Mm -hmm. um little Nora Mm -hmm. she was 17 weeks right Mm -hmm. when you guys lost her yeah so tell me a bit a little bit about that like because that's totally a different type of postpartum experience that, yeah, you know, you don't ever want to have to think about going through, but many, many people do. Mm-hmm. It was it was horrible. We um, went to this gender reveal ultrasound, and they didn't find a heartbeat. Mm. And the week before, at 16 weeks, I went in. Everything looked good. Mm-hmm. I heard the heartbeat. Everything was great. I felt fine. Mm-hmm. Um. And they, you know, this was at a place where they couldn't diagnose. So they said, I think you need to go to the emergency room. Mm. And I was like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. They don't know what they're doing. I'm mm-hmm. sure everything's fine. So then we had the ultrasound and they confirmed that there was no heartbeat. Um, and talking to my midwife um, before they could get me in for a DNA, I had to wait four days. 
four days. And that was the worst four days of my life. Ugh, that just sounds like forever. It was. There was a lot of crying, yeah. panic attacks, yeah. anxiousness, you know. And she gave me the option. She, she said we can, because at that point, this was... Six years ago, so a lot of places didn't do DNAs. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said you can go to an abortion clinic mm-hmm. and get it done today, mm-hmm. or we can try and schedule you for DNA at whatever hospital we can find to do it. Gotcha. Or you can try and we can try and induce labor, but she said you'll likely need surgery after because the placenta wouldn't be mature enough to come out. Right. So I said, well. Let's just do it in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be induced. I didn't mm-hmm. want to go to an abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. I just said, let's let's do it this yeah. way. So those four days were horrible. Um, it was like mixed feelings of I want her out mm-hmm. and don't take her. You know, so like that... Like somehow you could still keep her safe. Yes. Yeah. And I asked the question, is there any way this is just wrong? a big mistake? Mm-hmm. It's okay if it is. I just, I yeah. is everything okay? Yeah. And the doctor just said no. Uh, no. There's no, there's no way this is a mistake. Like just trying to hang on to like some kind of like you guys were wrong and right. Please tell me that everything's okay. Yes. Mm. So went in for the DNA. Everybody was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, I just the doctor came in and just got down on my level, mm-hmm. talked to me. They did footprints, moldings, mm-hmm. all the great stuff. Um, but I think those four days really started the depression and the anxiety. Yeah. And it just kind of spiraled from there. I had a uterine infection after, which is more kind of salt in the wound. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it was. I was depressed. I, you know, the day that we found out, I was getting all these texts on my phone. Is it a girl? Is it a boy? Everybody knew I was going in for this gender reveal ultrasound. So I took some time off work, which I was really thankful I was able to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Going back was really hard. People just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what to do either. So, you know, some people just didn't talk to me, and that was fine. Mm -hmm. Some people gave me hugs. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't... I felt like even though I was around people, I was alone in a room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just didn't really know how to express what was going on right. in a way that was going to be therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I tried to call um, a therapist who dealt with loss mm-hmm. and they basically said, because I wasn't like full term or I wasn't far enough along, they wouldn't help me. It was so odd. I just said, I still had a baby. Right. I still am having some postpartum depression. So it wasn't very validating what was going on because I wasn't that far along. That's awful. It was awful. It was like, I don't know how you could sit there and say that to somebody and like, then go about your day. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I was like, I still had a baby yeah you know so that was more isolating yeah you know so and Nora we tried for over a year with her Mm. you know it was a very wanted pregnancy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um 
but you know so I have a little tattoo here with her footprint and I made a little shadow box with her stuff so if and then I went to build a bear Mm -hmm. and I put her heartbeat in a bear oh nice and so and I recommend that for so many people for any type of grief if you have it just having something to physically hold Hold, yeah because leaving a hospital without your baby is really bad cannot imagine it's a bad feeling Mm -hmm. um so just having something that you can physically hold sometimes helps. Yeah, the comfort. Mm-hmm. Sweet Nora. I know. Nora Jean. <laughs> Nora Jean. Oh. <laughs> so after little Nora, you had another baby. I did. I had a, my fourth so girl. Your fourth girl. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Four girls. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Um, so after her, you had your youngest daughter mm-hmm. and... Um, so the postpartum experience that you had with Nora, leaving a hospital without a baby, mm-hmm. then getting pregnant and having a baby and everything, I'm sure that there was a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. with that pregnancy, maybe more so than your other mm-hmm. two, three, right? Right. Um, so how, how did you manage that? I'm not sure exactly how I managed it. It was day to day. It was a day to day. It really was. Yeah. It was, you know, the excitement, but it was also, but I want Nora. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then I felt guilt for feeling that. Right. You know, it's it very- was very back and forth, very yeah. up and down. Yeah. You know, I was nervous until 17 weeks. I mean, I was nervous after that too, mm-hmm. but the first 17 weeks, that's a long time to be feeling yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but I got one of the little Dopplers at home oh, so okay. I could listen yeah. to her every mm-hmm. day and just put my mind at ease. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was very, uh, nerve wracking. Yeah. Pretty much the whole time. The whole time. Um, and then when my youngest came out she had breathing problems and Mm -hmm. I just thought oh my gosh what if I lose another baby she's fine everything was fine she threw up some meconium and she's good to go so the first time I just held her was like like a sigh of relief biggest sigh that I've ever had yeah um I still had postpartum depression Mm -hmm. um It was kind of that feeling, like I said, of like you could be around a lot of people, but I still felt really alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I I nursed her for, I I think it was like six weeks and I just, I couldn't, Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it anymore. It was the pain. It would just literally give me anxiety. And every time, every time. Mm -hmm. And when they want to cluster feed, that's a lot of anxiety. And my doctor finally just said, then stop mm-hmm. and I felt a lot of guilt over it but I had to take care of myself right I had to do what was going to be best for me so I could care for her and mm-hmm. for my other children mm-hmm. um so I had pumped like crazy so we were able to still give her some breast milk for like maybe three weeks after mm-hmm. that and oh, then wow that's yeah impressive. I, I, <laughs> that's, that's impressive <laughs> Gosh, I was just like, I was a milk machine. I was just like, she, she wasn't nursing. Nurse. I was pumping, you know, because pumping felt better yeah. than the latch. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, I I felt better after I stopped nursing. Yeah. And I, I knew that was the best decision for me. Yeah. I was able to get on meds. Um, and 
what was hard with Maddie too, um, is when I first got pregnant, I was on a couple antidepressants and I didn't know if I could take them or not. Right. Yes. And I, so I stopped taking them. Yes. Because I didn't want anything bad to happen. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I called the doctor, they're like, oh, you know, you haven't had your first visit yet, so you're kind of on your own. And I was like, solid. Okay. <laughs> so I just quit taking them. And then I go to my first department. They're like, oh, you could take those. Uh, oh, my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> I know. It was good. <laughs> but there was one that I wasn't able to take when I was pregnant. So anyway, I got back on that after I quit nursing. Do you mind sharing what that was? Um, Abilify. Abilify. Okay. Yeah. And that has really, I think it was Abilify. I think, yeah, it helped me so much. And I knew you got to take care of yourself. Right. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people battle, um, especially people that have history of anxiety and depression, are taking their medications while they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, And the constant, like, fight in your own head about, I want to feel good Mm -hmm. and feel healthy, like, for you, like, for your other children, right? Mm -hmm. But then what happens if I take this and something happens to my baby? And it's like, well, that's just a whole conversation that you have with your doctor. Mm -hmm. And that's when the patient and the doctor make the decision together to decide whether or not the benefits outweigh the risk. And so it's really hard in your own like mental state to Mm -hmm. figure out what's really going to be best. Right. It's a struggle for sure. So then you stopped the one, had her. And then got back on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And it's it's been good. Yeah. You know, I feel I feel good. Um, it's still hard with Nora. I don't know about. I still have depression over it. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. grief is unpredictable, mm-hmm. and it will hit you out of nowhere. Yeah, and out of nowhere. Anxiety attacks, mm-hmm. and you know, but I just. I have to hug my babies closer and yeah. just know that, you know, cause there's thoughts like, well, did I do something wrong? Right, like, right. you know, I have to know, and I'm trying to be at peace. You didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. This is unfortunately it happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we <clears throat> didn't do any testing, any genetic testing with her. I, I didn't want to label her with something like, was that wrong. There was an issue with I her. just wanted to mm-hmm. just think, you know, it just maybe her heart didn't form properly or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I just I didn't want to have the diagnosis, so we didn't do any of that. But that it gave me peace. I was worried I would regret it later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm totally at peace fine about with it. it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So now mm-hmm. you're a labor and delivery nurse. Mm-hmm. And so how with with the things that you've gone through in your own life, how does that make your um, the care for your patients different? Mm-hmm. Do you care for them more with like a a soft heart? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I would imagine so. But yeah. tell me about how that how that affects your patient care. I just want to be there for women. Mm-hmm. You know, I everybody's been through different things that are a lot, but with what I went through. If I can help one person Mm -hmm. just know, like, this is awful what you're going Mm -hmm. through, but you can do this. Mm -hmm. 
and have somebody be helped by that, that's mm-hmm. worth it to me. Be that midwife that told you that you were going to be okay. Exactly. Tell them that they're going to be okay. Look them in their eyes. Say mm-hmm. you're going to be okay. Because yeah. it so doesn't feel like you're going to be okay. It feels like your world's ending. Right. Nothing's okay. And to know that you'll get through this mm-hmm. is huge. So if I can be like that to people, that's my goal with my care with mm-hmm. women. You know, I just want to support them in any way that I can. Did you always want to be a labor nurse? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Since, well, really since my first midwife. Okay. She really inspired yeah. me. Yeah. Um, awesome. And always wanted to do it. Knew that that was, you know, my senior practicum that I did back in high school or not my practicum, but my project Mm -hmm. um, was on labor and delivery. I went to like the Pregnancy Resource Center and learned about what they offered. And Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's been a long dream. It's taken a long time to get to labor and delivery. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you made it. I made it. I'm here. I just want to try and make a difference yeah I mean I think that you probably already have yeah I hope so with people it's not labor and delivery um it's a unique specialty Mm -hmm. um we're there for people and they're really high highs Mm -hmm. but when it's low it's very very low. low yeah um so being there and being I mean even being willing to be there for somebody through mm-hmm. what you went through I mean yeah I props to you, <laughs> well, <thank> you. <laughs> it's um healing for me mm-hmm. to help others mm-hmm. yeah that's good and to be able to talk about it and share my story and that's yeah. part of the reason with this podcast like I just want to be open and mm-hmm. maybe it'll help somebody yeah totally yeah so you got you said that they took little footprints of Nora mm-hmm. and they did the moldings. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see her? No. No. I asked mm-hmm. um, if I should see her, and they said you don't probably want. not. No. Do you think that the the um, do you think that having like waited that four days probably made it so that she was not so much something to be visible? That's part of it, but also with the DNA process. Okay. I don't. I think she came a little trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So they said you don't want to. No. You don't want to see her. And I remember asking the doctor, "Is she beautiful?" You know, and he said yes. Oh my god. You know, and I just I had to know. I had to ask. Yeah. You know, totally. I just. I knew she was. I had dreams about her, and yeah. I could just picture what she would look like, and yeah. um. But yeah, that I don't remember that doctor's name. Oh. I would have to look back in my charts, but to see. And then you know you get like the pathological reports on your my chart. And oh, I did not. Yeah. I should not have read that. Oh. You know, it was like too many details. Too many details. I just yeah. Did it say like? Do you mind sharing? Like yeah, what kind of just, what it said. It just said you know. Um, specimen you know it mm. was very medical Referred to her as yeah. as a specimen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like the weight and the size and oh. you know I think she came out a little dismembered oh. um in the process yeah. and so they kind of talked about that and oh. I was just like I should not be You're allowed like, could you to read this like delete you know that, that little button like don't share with patient yes, like yes, that should have been clicked yeah and then when I went in for the uterine infection after oh, right. Nora, um, 
was it that anyway there was like baby stuff in the appointment room like dopplers and I just thought those things should have been removed yeah prior to somebody coming in there right there was just a lot of insensitive things sometimes and I don't it wasn't purposeful or anything I just I I picked up on things that I just wish would have gone a little differently and so I know that when we have patients that go through something like that um that we try our best to make sure that there's not a bassinet in there and you know monitors are off and Mm -hmm. the board doesn't say baby and Mm -hmm. things like that so is that like kind of what you're referring to like you wish you would have had like a less babyfied room yes yeah yes please because then it's like nice again another wave like just hits you right and you just kind of like have to go through that all it is it's like a wave yeah you know it's like you can feel a building feel a building and then it just slaps you across the face and knocks you down yeah and then you got to kind of pick up the pieces again and but you know i will say almost every wave gets a little better Mm -hmm. you know there's sometimes you get like those sneaker waves that come in and they just (laughs) get you but you know i can i finally feel okay now Mm -hmm. i feel I wouldn't say I'm at like total peace about it, but it's something that I know I can cope with mm-hmm. and that, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You know, yeah. I feel okay. Um, it's taken me a long time, but I really feel like my last baby was healing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just to have her hold her. I mean, she kind of picked up the pieces of my heart mm-hmm. you know I feel like my first one saved me my second one my you know they all just they all had their place yes yeah they yeah <laughs> sweet sweet girls yes all my girls and so you said that you got, like it was very healing to have your last one mm-hmm. but tell me a little bit more about like the the long nights mm-hmm. you know because we have very long nights and breastfeeding was difficult right so mm-hmm. The nights are long, mm-hmm. and with the cluster feeding, I imagine that you probably would be sitting there trying to feed her, struggling, but then also be thinking about Nora. Mm-hmm. So did you have to, like, really compartmentalize, like, I need to be focusing on this child I and did. stop thinking about my other child, but, like, I can't stop thinking about my other child? I know. <laughs> it was so back and forth because yeah. I have feelings of, but why isn't this Nora? I want Nora. Yeah. And then I'd feel bad for feeling that way. Well, I have a new baby here who I love so much. Right. So it was like doing the, okay, here's where I am. I need to be present in this moment, Mm -hmm. which was hard because it was a long night, breastfeeding. I was crying through it. You know, it was, it was tough. Um, So I think, really advocating for myself like I need help Mm -hmm. I need my meds and did your partner recognize that it was a lot more challenging this time around yeah 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 and and he was there to the best that he could be Mm -hmm. and um so it's kind of that weird feeling where you feel alone even though people are there but Mm -hmm. so I really had to work on letting him in Mm -hmm. to be there for me Mm -hmm. um and once I did that did help Mm -hmm. but it was like also advocating okay I need therapy I need this sometimes you know after Nora when I finally went back to work I just said I need to go for a 10 minute drive 
you know, I was a, a patient care manager at a sniff. Oh, okay. And so I had the flexibility to do that. And my manager was amazing and just said, yeah, I would take a drive. And those little and drives. for people that don't know what a sniff is, oh, it's I'm a sorry, skilled, skilled nursing, nursing facility. facility. <laughs> yeah, so I work geriatrics. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are probably. Yes. No, but I'm yes. just to put it out there. So the 10 minute drives would really. It just helped clear my yeah. mind. And so just finding what worked for me. Mm-hmm. was big yeah um it took a little while to figure that out uh-huh. but once I kind of honed in on okay what do I need to do for me yeah just to make it through these days yeah get day home to my baby that mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. try and be present in this moment you know it it helped and my parents you know were awesome and there for me and I had the people I just needed to let them in right you had to figure out how to how to utilize the people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're all here for me, but now what can I, what can you do to help me mm-hmm. is the, mm-hmm. is the thing. Cause it's really hard to let people in when you have all these big feelings that you it is. feel. Cause even though, you know, that your partner experienced a loss too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we want to recognize that mm-hmm. it's not the same. Right. It's not the same as you, um, you know, carrying her for 17 weeks mm-hmm. to find out that you're not going to carry her home. Mm-hmm. And and they aren't either, right? They're right. not going to carry her home either, but um, it's different. It is. And so to be able to let them in and, um, you know, kind of share how you're feeling, it's mm-hmm. it's really hard. And that was how it was with my second two. I had to learn... How to let my partner in? Mm-hmm. I had to learn to share mm-hmm. and share your baby, share my baby it's because his baby. it's his baby too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was. I've learned a lot about how to let people in, yeah. and it's been very healing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so, and you guys are no longer together, right? But you co-parent very, very well. well, very well. Yes, yeah, that's amazing. It is. That's a yeah, whole nother. I feel so thankful. To have like a solid person that you can, even though you're not in a relationship anymore, that you can still rely on. Right. For the girls and for you even, right? Yeah, for me and for the girls. I mean, it's been challenging Mm -hmm. personally, like going through it, Mm -hmm. but just to know like I can still call them up and say I'm having a bad day. Yeah. You know, just to have that as really valuable there yeah um and so we talked a lot about grief Mm -hmm. um the you know grief of Nora and stuff and um you like myself you also lost your um dad and so when you lost your dad did that kind of open up more floodgates Mm -hmm. for the grief of Nora too yes it was I just couldn't believe you know you lose a child and then you lose your father yeah it's just like, seriously, like what, <laughs> what else? <laughs> What's happening? Like, yeah. you know, and it was right like the week that COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And so the world was all up in arms. Yeah. And my shut world down. was up in arms and it was just like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. But you know, I, I don't know. I believe that they're together mm-hmm. and one day I'll be there too. Mm-hmm. And that gives me a lot of peace. Mm-hmm. You know, just believing that they're together somewhere. Yeah, and like my grandpa's here. Yeah. You know, it's all good. Right. It's all good. Yeah. 
But I imagine like um, just that feeling of this is seriously happening again. I know. Like the loss. I just, I mean, I didn't experience the loss prior to my dad and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like this is horrible. It, it's horrible. And I know you were close with your dad mm-hmm. and I was too. So it's like, yeah. you know, and again, hits you out of nowhere. It does. It really does. I remember like, oh, when so when they were here and they were doing that with this kid and, mm-hmm. and then they're not going to be there with this kid and it's, but I like that you find comfort knowing yeah. that they're together. And it's hard, you know, I have to be there for my girls through losing my dad too yeah. because we just, let's see, it was three years um, and we were watching a little slideshow that I put together and my middle one was not okay. Um, And I just said, do you want me to be there with you? Do you want space? Like what do you need? So it's like, I don't know. It's hard to look after yourself, but then you have others to look after too. You you know, like help navigate their own grief Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. And she just, she misses her Papa, you know? So Mm -hmm. I have to try and acknowledge that as Mm -hmm. well as my own grief, Mm -hmm. you know, and my mom and, you know, totally. it's just it's a everyone. Lot. Yeah. yeah, everybody involved. Um, I think one thing we didn't talk about was, um, so Nora was your third, mm-hmm. so your t- your first two, um, they knew you were pregnant, mm-hmm. and so, how did you handle that? that like was telling hard. them. Um. So first. I called my mom and I told her and mm-hmm. she's like in the middle of Costco and she's just like, no. Oh I'm my like, gosh. Oh my God, mom, stop. Yeah. Like, this is not what I need right now. No. So she went to the house with, um, the girls and we got home and it was like, there's not a baby in your tummy anymore. And I was like, well, there is, but she's not alive. And yeah. Oh, it was just, just like so hard to gut wrenching. Yeah, how do you explain? in a way that they'll understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was hard. They were really excited for yeah. another baby, and yeah. we were, you know, like I said, we're supposed to find out if it was a boy or a girl. Yeah. So yeah. it was hard, and I I could barely be there for myself those four days, let alone my children or my partner. Yeah. You know, it was just. Just leave me in a room and yes, please. I'll see you and yeah at the appointment. <laughs> yeah, I I finally called. I was good. I advocated for myself and I just said I'm having panic attacks. I need medication mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they gave me like clonopin or something oh, just okay. to kind of help. Yeah. Um. And I was happy I did that because it made it a little bit more manageable where mm-hmm. I wasn't hyperventilating. So just advocate. Yeah, you know, advocate for yourself. Yeah, you what need you something. need. If you need something, just be vocal about it. And if the therapist tells you you weren't far along enough, find a different therapist. I know. <laughs> I've had the worst luck with therapists. Like, I just honestly, I just still, I'm like still in shock by that. that I know that they said that that they would say that. I know. I was just like, okay, bye. Like, thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. And I, you know, I know it wasn't like a malicious thing, but it's sure. kind of like you need to think about what you're saying to sensitive. people. Yeah. Especially if you're saying like, we'll help you with postpartum depression. Right. That's 
still i'm still postpartum yeah yeah you know yes like yes totally i still had a baby bump therapist's office man like come on you think that (laughs) i know it was just unbelievable Uh, do you have pictures of yourself when you were pregnant with Mm -hmm. Nora? oh yeah, because that day, I worked a half day that day, mm-hmm. and so me and my coworkers all dressed in pink or blue to, oh, you, know, cute. Sh- you know, so yeah. I have pictures, and then um, I took some after that, just so I had them, Yeah. Um, and I have, like, you know, our pictures of when we announced and all that mm-hmm. stuff, so I have it mm-hmm. all tucked away in a little folder, mm-hmm. so that when I want to go down Nora Lane, I'll yeah. go and <laughs> go get your stuff out and yeah. hold, your, look at hold your bear and mm-hmm. go through all her stuff. Yeah. Do the girls, um, your older two, do they um, ever talk about her or, like, ask questions anymore? Or? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, I would say it's getting less, but sometimes mm-hmm. it'll come up, and mm-hmm. I'm thankfully in a place where I can talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah, and just say, you know, you do have a little sister in mm-hmm. heaven, and mm-hmm. and she'll be there waiting for us. Right. And it just wasn't, you know, it just didn't work out. It's just so challenging to, um, like you said, be be with your own grief, but like mm-hmm. trying helping your grieving children mm-hmm. and uh, asking them asking those questions and trying to figure out a way. Well, how do I explain this to them? That one, it's not going to scare them, right? Right, because that. You know, it's scary. It is scary. And two, that they'll be able to actually, like, understand a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's age, there's, you know, there's age groups of being able to understand, like, concepts and stuff. And right. so I can't, can't imagine having to explain that to a kid. Yeah, it was, we had to just put it very basic, simple terms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as they get older we and they have questions, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. But we just yeah. tried to keep it baby's not here and just anymore address and it as it comes yeah up but then it was like my second one would be like but you still look pregnant uh, yeah yeah i do and yeah your body was to changing. go to surgery yeah. and you know yeah so it's because how old was she then at that time let's see she was three okay so yeah yeah that makes sense still pretty little yeah to understand kind of what's going on. The changes mm-hmm. and the having to, I mean, I'm sure they didn't understand, like, the whole waiting yeah, to get in and all of that stuff. Because that, those are details that you just do not no. necessarily need to share with your kiddos. But. No. And then, you know, going through a surgery, I... Right. It's recovery period. Yeah. And, and you, you have know. a three-year-old. and Yeah. Who probably wants to, like, climb all over you and right. do all the things. And so that's hard. Yeah. But we had a really good support system. They helped yeah. with meals and watching mm-hmm. the kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that was – I'm thankful for them. That's good. Yeah. So is there anything else that you feel like um, you want to share about your story? Just to let people know, like, it's okay or I, – I, you know, I just – advocate for yourself mm-hmm. or if something doesn't feel right mm-hmm. you got to talk about it bring it up to whoever you need to your partner your doctor your mm-hmm. therapist like internalizing is really hard and mm-hmm. I think I do that a lot and mm-hmm. so other people must do that a lot too but just <laughs> totally. be vocal with what you need you know reach out to a friend or you know it's okay to not be okay you yeah. know that's, that's absolutely true yeah yeah 
Well, thank you. Yeah, for sharing thanks your for story. having me. Yeah. I'd just like to take a moment to reflect on this week's episode. First off, thanks, Christina, for coming on and sharing your story. Loss of any kind at any stage in pregnancy can be difficult. Having a support system and knowing where to find resources to help is key. Christina's story is about facing challenges head-on, knowing that you have to advocate for your own mental and physical health in order to be there for your family. Join us next time as we talk to Chelsea about her real postpartum experience.